Hello and welcome to the Amazing Leader Series. This is Karen Volo, Chief Joybringer and CEO of Evolution, where our purpose is bringing joy to the workplace. And we have a wonderful guest with us here today. Her name is Katarina Walter, and she is the CEO of a service design company called Antrop, based here in Stockholm, Sweden. Um, and they've been helping companies internationally to develop uh, innovative services that customers love since 2001. And Katharina has been at the helm of this company for almost seven years, and they've gone through quite a journey that she's going to be sharing with us. And this company has actually been ranked in the last five years in the top um, one or two positions in Sweden's largest industry competition that's based solely on customer satisfaction. And she has also won the CEO of the Year Award as well and has been in the running for that uh, a few times. So she's got a lot of beautiful things to share about her company. And uh, I'd like to just welcome you, Katarina. Welcome. Thank you, Corin. Nice to be part of this. Yeah, I'm excited to learn from you and see what you can share with us because I know you've done some pretty amazing things at, at your company. Um, so you've been there almost seven years, and I'm just curious, um, what can you tell us about your journey, just kind of a big overview in terms of Anthrop and the company, and how you've taken the company through a journey there? Yeah, so when I started seven years ago, I was, the reason why I started, because I think it's such a nice company, it was founded by four friends uh, 19 years ago, and they have very good core core values at Antrop, and that's why I chose to join them. Uh, so these core values is something that I have really uh, cherished and I didn't want to change it. I just wanted to uh, evolve it and make it clearer. Um, so that is something that I have been working on. Uh, and I have also done so many traditional CEO things since I started. I have reorganized, we have made our brand clearer and uh, made our services clearer. So that's traditional CEO stuff I've been doing. And the thing that uh, really gets my pulse going or that is uh, closest to my heart is to work on purpose. Uh, why you exist as a company and trying to combine traditional, um, how you traditionally uh, value a company um, in terms of revenue, growth, and um, uh, how well it is doing, to combine that with a strong focus on sustainability and having um, employees, employers, employees being satisfied with working for us. So that's that's the combination. I think is um, fascinates me the most, and I've been really working on that for seven years. Yeah. Yeah, you've done some pretty amazing work. You've landed on my radar through mutual contacts, basically. And um, when I heard you speaking, because you do speak quite a bit about what you do with the company, um, it just really stood out to me as you were definitely purpose-driven. It's coming from your heart, your leadership style, and uh, really wanting to do what's best for the employees. How, how would you say you have grown as a leader yourself, being in this position and kind of taking the company on this journey? Yeah. Um, the one thing... Um, that I found when being a CEO, I found that I was meant to do this uh, actually because it makes me calm and it makes me, um, it's so easy to make decisions and prioritize if you have the view of the whole company. 
as you do as a CEO, which I do. Uh, so I really enjoy um, the possibility to have like a overall view of everything and being able to prioritize. So I really appreciate that. And how I have grown as a leader, um, the main focus for me has been to work with myself. Because as a leader, you have to have a balance between being empathic and listening and seeing the employees and the customers, but you also have to be clear about where the company should be going and will be going. Um, and if, you're, if you haven't worked on yourself, it can be quite hard to, be, to do that in combination as well. I think leadership is all about balancing different aspects of your personality and different aspects of the company. So this is something that uh, it's not that easy. And if you hear leaders talk about or you listen to an inspirational speech, it can be a lot about one thing, just focusing on uh, perhaps building the employer brand. Or it can be about working towards the customers. When, but when you're a CEO, you have to focus on different aspects at the same time. And you have to be clear about who you are and where you want to go to not be lost when you listen to the clients and they say what they want and you listen to the employees and they say what they want and you listen to the owners and they say what they want and you have to put it all together. So that's where I have uh, grown the most, I think, to be able to um, focus on uh, the combination of everything and the balance. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it is a balancing act, I think, for most CEOs because they have so much on their plate. Um, you know, it's a bit of a juggling act and uh, yeah. trying to figure out, you know, what to deal with first and how to best manage it and having a balance at the same time, I think is really important. How, how would you describe the company culture at Antrop? Yeah, the thing that strikes uh, new employees the most is that we are very kind. It's something that we cherish because we are convinced that if you're kind to each other, you can, and if you can express who you are and you can be smart and strong, but you can also be in need of help and saying when things aren't feeling that great. Uh, so we are very kind to each other. And another thing that strikes people that are uh, working with us for the first time or are new employees, it's that we give a lot of feedback uh, to each other. And it can be... Um, it's something to get used to when you start at Antrop that we give feedback. Um, and it's also something that we are constantly working on to improve because it's hard to give feedback, or at least for Swedes. I don't know if it's different <laughs> in other countries. Uh, I, I, I can be kidding about that. If, if we were in an Italian company, would we be this bad at feedback as we are in Sweden? But we, we work on it. And then compared to Swedish companies, I think we have come a far way with feedback. Mm -hmm. um, and another thing is that we are, we're a company full of specialists uh, and they love their work and they cherish their mastery within their skill. So they are very curious. Everyone is very curious to... Uh, improve uh, what they do and they are full of ideas how can we improve this workshop how can we improve this design system how can we how can we make this customer relationship grow even more um, so everyone is um, 
they're full on <laughs> they really want to improve all the time uh, so kind a lot of feedback and continuous development i think is something that uh, that you can notice when you come to Antrop. yeah so you've said two things that really stood out to me here. One is, you know, the people really love their work. And I think when people are passionate about what they're doing and really feel like they're meant to be doing the work they're doing, it's like you can get so much out of them in terms of just their best version of them and the productivity and things like that. So, um, you know, I often talk about bringing love into the workplace. And of course, you want your employees to love what they do, right? Yeah. Um, but then also in terms of... Um, developing your people that I think is really interesting because we just finished the CEO culture report recently and um, that was definitely one of the themes coming up in terms of you know how to work with retention and keeping people in, and to develop your people so so what are you doing there in terms of um, keeping your people kind of constantly learning it's so important you cannot stress this enough especially when you're a agency full of specialists that we are we have to uh, develop their competence and their skills all the time. But we're also, I think that's that's a given for most agency that you have to agencies that you have to be good at what you do. So that's one thing, and we do a lot of things to make sure that. But the other thing that we are convinced of is that we have to work on personal development. Um, because we are very convinced that if you if you are able to understand your needs to express your needs to each other, you build stronger teams. And when you have stronger teams, you can take on bigger challenges together and the results will be so much greater. So we do two conferences a year. In January and in August, we go away, everyone, for uh, two, one to four, four nights away, and we work on personal development. And we bring coaches or psychologists or um, feedback pros and really work on uh, ourselves and in relation to others. Uh, that's one thing that we do, the, these two conferences a year. Everyone that's a formal leader within Antrop, they also go for one week course uh, in something that is called the human element. And during this week, they learn a lot about themselves and how they connect and relate to other people. And when you understand more about yourself, you're able to understand more about others as well. Uh, so that's a really good uh, course. And the people that are uh, responsible for per personnel, um, they also take a course that is called tough leadership or something like that. Mm. Um, and, it's all, and it's also about yourself and the employees. So um and we do we do more that's just a few examples but we're focused on the skills and the personal development all the time and a lot of things related to that i, I love that uh balance between the two because oftentimes a lot of companies focus in on the skills and the professional development and don't really take into account the personal growth and development as well but that really i mean i'm starting to see a trend where people look at an employee as a whole person versus just the professional um, mm -hmm. So that's great that that's what some of the things you are working on. So that's good to know. What what differentiates you guys from other agencies out there? I think it's uh, primarily our focus on sustainability. And um, besides that, we are also, our culture is very important for us. And it's, um, 
it's one thing how we can relate uh, to each other within the agency, but it's also how we work together with our clients. We have a very transparent and open collaboration with them. We make it clear to them that um, they, are the, they have the most skills on their company and we can take on the customer focus for them and help them with that. But we're going to collaborate around this. So it's a close collaboration. We're not one of those agencies that work from our own office and then we uh, just go over and make this killing presentation because we work, we co-create with them. Yeah, I um, I recall when I first saw you talking about what you're doing, you were going through a bit of a struggle yourself trying to figure out how can you make the business that you do tied to something that's having a positive impact, sustainability and things like that. Can you share about that a bit more too? Yeah, um, I think it was six years ago when we decided that our big why, why we exist is that we want to design a better and fairer, more equal world to coming generations. Um, and then you really have to think about, okay, if you're a service design agency, what can you do to make the world a better place? Can you do anything? Can design really <laughs> improve the world? Um, at first I was in a crisis and I thought, oh no, I have to go back to university and I have to become a lawyer or something <laughs> that I can do something really good with. But then I realized, okay, but also almost everything, every, uh, every skill that you have, it can be turned into something positive. So I came to terms with and started to see the potential in like, okay, I'm a CEO, so I have a platform. I'm running this company and how can I use this company to prove that it's possible to be a success, traditionally successful company and at the same time work on sustainability. So that was the first step to realize, okay, I can use um, my platform, my knowledge to do something good. I don't have to go, go back to university um, or look for another job. Okay, so that was the first step. And the second step is to see, okay, how can we twist what we are doing to make it, to contribute to and create more impact? Uh, and we really thought about that. How can we, do we have to employ other people, other specialists, or can we work with the specialists that we have at the moment? And we can, we can work with the people that we have because they have so much great knowledge because they know how people, what people need, how they act, how they behave. And we can use that to make people, we could work with online betting and make it really, really hard to stop betting online because we know how people work. We have behavioral skills, okay. Or we could use the same skills to really see, okay, how can we make people, help people make healthier or more sustainable choices? And it's the same knowledge and it's the same design skills, but you can choose where you apply them. Uh, so that was the ne next step to really see, okay, what can we do? And the third step that was really scary was how can we measure that we are going in the right direction? Um, is it something that I could sit and feel? Oh, now, okay, now we have 
better projects going on. Um, and this is, this is a problem for most companies, I think, to be able to measure, are we doing something good? Because you, the closer you come to the thing that you want to change, the thing that you want to have an impact on, the harder it is to really measure, are we doing something good? And if you go the other way around and start measure what we do, it is not very precise. It's not an exact science if you're doing something good. But we are, we are here at the moment. We are currently measuring um, all the hours that we spent in projects helping our clients. As a consultancy agency, we always have very, very good knowledge of the amount of hours that we spent. And then we can categorize those hours into, okay, these projects, they are contributing to the um, sustainable development goals of the UN. And these pro projects are indirectly helping those development goals. And these projects are neutral. They are just helping people, but it could be making life more fun. For example, we work for uh, Spotify. We are very proud that we work for Spotify, but it's not contributing to any SDGs. Um, uh, so it's, uh, we categorize the hours and then we can measure, okay, how, how big is the percentage that we work on uh, projects really connected to the SDGs, indirectly connected to the SDGs, or are just um, making life easier or more fun. Uh, and to projects that are negative, for example, online betting, uh, we, um, we say no thank you to them, to those uh, clients. So that, that, is, um, that is the third step on this development process. And uh, five years ago, we set up the goal that in um, 2021, we would have 50% of our projects um, that would contribute to sustainability. And last year we had uh, 58%. Um, so it's, it's definitely going in the right direction. Wow, that's great. And you've been able to find a way um, to measure it in, in a very tangible way. So I think that's a, quite an accomplishment because I think a lot of service type oriented companies have a bit of a, you know, struggle with that, trying to figure that out, as, as you mentioned as well. So, um, you know, and it comes back a bit to this co-creation and collaboration with your clients. It seems like you really work closely with them and um, they're probably choosing you because you are making those types of, you know, conscious decisions to want to make a positive impact in the world. Would you say that's correct? Yeah, for I think uh, some people, or some um, some clients choose us because of that, and others just. I think most of our clients choose us because we are good at what we do. We are good, um, and uh, it's easy to work with us. And I think that's uh, it's a good combination. Uh, purpose-driven and that you're good at what you do. So yeah. I'm curious because you work with so many different types of companies as well. Have you noticed a change or a shift in their thinking and, and the leaders that you work with there in terms of, you know, how they want to use their business as a force of good or to make a positive impact? Have you noticed anything over the last few years with that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a huge difference. And of course, it varies from different industries, how far they have come. but I think overall in society, the consciousness around surrounding sustainability and wanting to 
improve and have some positive impact, it's so much greater now. Uh, and we sense that in the workplace as well and with our clients, that people want to con contribute to something good. And going back to what you said before um, about if you're one person at home or one person at your job, uh, you want to combine that. And I think that goes with the values as well. You cannot have good values at home and then work with something that is really contributing to something bad for the world as a whole. Yeah. So I see that um, very much. And um, I think sustainability is something for, it's not something for just a, a small group of people at the company. Uh, it's, it's more on board level uh, or sea level now. Uh, and it's, it's been quite fast because when I started on this journey, um six six years ago i was quite alone um in in my little world at least mm. uh, of, of course not on a global perspective so many companies are doing so much great but but now i can go go anywhere and i can hear get inspiration of other companies doing similar things and uh, another interesting thing is like six years ago when i when i we started this journey uh, I met with a um, brand specialist uh, and I, I asked her about what she thought about this sustainability perspective from a brand point of view. And she said, well, a lot of companies are going this way, so it won't make, you won't have a unique position. And I said, well, that is phenomenal, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's good news. <laughs> yeah, that's good news. Let's go for this. Let's go for it. Um, so um, it's good. It's not a unique position and it shouldn't be. It's, it, it should be a transformation. You have to transform businesses. I think this, this will be like the digital transformation a couple of years ago, where big companies really invested in transforming to more digital. And now I can see trends pointing to big companies wanting to transform because they have to change their business model. They have to change their core, core values the same way that digitalization shifted things, so many things, this will as well. And it will happen in the next couple of years. It will happen so, so much on so many levels in so many companies. Funny you should say that. Just because the day we're actually talking now is, um, and I don't know if you know this, but it's March 20th, 2020, and it's International Happiness Day. And we are in, yeah, you didn't know that, did you? No, I didn't. We are in the midst of a global crisis right now. And, um, you know, we've had this interview scheduled, so we've gone ahead with it. Um, but I think everybody is being touched by this on, on such profound levels that, I mean, I don't know that we're actually going to know how deeply this is going to impact us. Um, so how, I mean, there's, there's so much fear around this and there's so much uncertainty as well. And, and how are you handling this as, as a leader and, and with your company in terms of, you know, what's happening right now currently as we're talking? Yeah. Um, we're, we are, we're doing a lot of things. 
we are closely following what the expert authorities are saying that we how we should act and we act accordingly to this they have a press conference every day at two o'clock and we follow this uh, and three o'clock each day uh, the management team have a telephone call and we decide if this is going to change um, how we work at Antrop. So we have a set of uh, directions. This is how we are working with this situation, how we're handling it. So we have the, that written down and each day at three we see, okay, do we need to change anything in this? Uh, and after that we email it to everyone. So every day they get a daily email from the management team. Um, and then weekly we have, uh, I send the board team management board, mm -hmm. team of management board. <laughs> Your management team. <laughs> management, no, but the styrelse. Uh, the board. The, the board. board, okay. Um, and on a weekly level, I send a um, report to the board of how we're doing and it's it's separated with the results so far this year and the prognosis uh, onwards mm -hmm. uh, and i work with three different scenarios uh, of how this can play out uh, how much of our revenue that will go down um, so i have three scenarios and i um, manage cash flow and i'm <laughs> i manage i have to have really good really good knowledge of how we're doing and everyone that works uh, with our clients they also fill out um, risk evaluation of all our projects so i have uh, have a view of a good view of that uh, and we also we are working currently and i think i will be finished today with a sort of um, three-step um, plan of when we hit different um, uh, stages in this development which actions we will take mm. uh, so it's um, I guess it's what it's things that I traditionally do once a month I now do once a day perhaps wow yeah because um, it's key in these situations because everything changes so fast mm. uh, and I have to know my key indicators and really look at them and at the moment it's it's looking quite good for us um, we we are very fortunate uh, that we work with industries that um, are not affected directly but i think um, this will of course this will have an impact on us uh, it will change all our plans and we have to replan um, this year and probably next year as well um, yeah, you have to move fast. You have to move fast and you have to have a good team or, um, around you. Our management team is fantastic. Fantastic. And everyone working at Antrop, they are contribu contributing the best way they can. Um, well, that's great. Um, you know, I think everyone is a bit in crisis mode at this point and trying to put out fires and things like that. I, I'm guessing you guys are now working virtually as well. Working, most people are working from home. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, have have you worked with a virtual team before? Is there anything that um, you're learning there that insights that you can share in terms of working with a virtual team? Because it is quite different if you're not used to doing that. 
yeah um fortunately we are quite used to that but it's the it's one thing to have a few virtual meetings every day or working on your own from home all day long it's it's a different uh, it's a new thing you can feel isolated uh, i had a meeting today and the connection was not that great so we said okay let's turn off video and mute all microphones until you're speaking. And one of my colleagues, she just yelled out, no, I want to see your faces. I haven't seen anyone. <laughs> I haven't seen you for so long. I need to see your faces. And we're like, okay, we have next meeting. You can see our faces, but now turn off the video. Um, so, okay, so if I have any advice on this, it's, to use video. We have each morning, I have for my team, we have an e-fika. Um, uh, <laughs> so we, we uh, get together and have a cup of coffee um, over video. Uh, so just for informal chats, like you would in the kitchen at the office. Um, so th that's a good advice. And um, also to have have a camera on each person if you have a big meeting um so so you don't sit together if you have an open office and you sit five people in a room it's it's better if everyone has a camera because you can feel more present it's easier for the per people that are remote mm -hmm. um and uh, another tip is to make people prepare in advance if you have a workshop it can be good to send over the questions that you want to discuss in advance um, and you and i karen we are um we're doing this on zoom and i think that's a great tool because you can have breakout sessions yeah so, yeah so if you have a big meeting you can break out in smaller groups discuss something and then come together so that's uh, that's something that we use Zoom for. Um, you have so yeah, many platforms. I've, I've been using Zoom for many years and uh, um, I, I do training on it and do the breakout rooms. So it works great. I know that it's, it's a really good platform for that. And there's lots yeah. of other platforms as well, but that's the one I would definitely recommend. Yeah, one of my uh, closest, uh, the closest person in my team, we have met over, I think already today, over three platforms. She just called me on FaceTime and I was like, are you changing again? Well, the bandwidth are for the moment best over FaceTime. So we are swapping, swapping all the time. Mm. Yeah, but seeing people's faces are important. Yeah, and I think definitely during this particular, you know, unique time in our world right now, it's so important to connect. Uh, and I don't like to use the term social distancing, actually. I just use physical distancing because we still mm -hmm. want to be social. We still want to connect. And I think even now it's more important that we do connect so that we can feel like, you know, we don't become isolated or we aren't alone and things like that. So, yeah. Um, okay. Well, as we start to wrap this up, Katharina, and thank you so much for sharing so much um, here. Um, what advice would you give to other CEOs right now? Or in general, I mean, in general, yeah. yeah. Um, I I read this book of Sheryl Sandberg, Leaning In, and and she wrote, if you're not if you don't know, 
what decision to make, you should ask yourself, what decision would you take if you're not afraid? And I think that is a really, I have really worked on that. Uh, so much, in fact, that I'm, it's not very often at all that I'm afraid right now. Um, because if you, if you ask yourself that question, you, you can act and take decisions not based on fear. And I think it's very important. And another advice, can I give two? Yes, you can. <laughs> yes. Bring it on. <laughs> um, it's also to not be afraid that everyone won't like you. Um, you have to let that go because they won't. Not everyone won't like you. Um, and if, if everyone should like you, you're probably not a good leader. Um, since leadership and uh, being a CEO is about prioritizing a lot of different needs. Uh, and if you, if you satisfy everyone, well, you can't. But if you strive to do that, you will not be very good at your job. Um, so let it go. Let it go. <laughs> like, uh, like they would have sung in Frozen, right? <laughs> Tell you have young kids. <laughs> oh, yeah. One of my favorite pieces of... Uh, I live by a lot of uh, quotes and stuff. And one of them is uh, your opinion of me is none of my business. Yeah. that's you Just super. let it go. <laughs> let it go. Let it go. Yeah. Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, this has been great. Um, you know, I want to come back a little bit just to kind of wrap this up, but you were talking about values and being kind. And I just feel like, you know, you are setting a great example of that through your company and through your employees, just on, on being kind in the world. Cause I think we need this right now, especially right now. Don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, um, I think it's a shift, a paradigm shift that we're going, we're moving away from traditional capitalism where everything is co connected to serving the owners uh, of the company. And we're moving away from that to a more, in, instead of shareholder economy, we're moving towards stakeholder economy. And you have, your company has more stakeholders than the owners. Uh, and you have to, and if you take that in, in consideration, you are kinder. You look to more people's interests. You look to the, the customers, the employees, the society that you act within, and perhaps even globally if you're a big company. So absolutely, kindness is something that the world needs. Ah, beautiful. So beautifully said. And I love that you have described it that way because I am definitely seeing that trend happening as well. Oh, so thank you so much, Katarina, for sharing so much wisdom and insights into what you're doing. And, uh, you know, I think we can learn quite a bit from sharing our own experiences and being able to share that out in the world. And um, I hope that people are inspired by watching this and, and start thinking about what they can do to kind of take some of these ideas into their company. Do you have any last words you want to say before we wrap it up? <laughs> thank you, Corinne. Thank you for having these interviews. and. 
making it possible to share thoughts and taking part of every other people's advice. I think it's such a great initiative. So thank you for that. And thank you for having me today. Oh, thank you. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up and uh, we'll be back another time soon with more amazing leaders for you. So thank you for joining us.